Do you hear that sound? That is the sound of the waves crashing against a bay. But it's not just any bay. It's a Baywatch because this is a Baywatch podcast. In fact, this is Baywatch Rookie School, a podcast where two men who have never watched Baywatch before try and watch Baywatch. I'm Michael Eisen. And I'm Morgan Thrapp. And uh, guess what, Michael and and our faithful beef boys? Uh, we've got our we've got ourselves another special episode. This is uh, Michael. Would you like to introduce our Absolutely. guest? Absolutely, uh, friend, friend of the podcast, the homecoming hero, homecoming. Hello, hello. Good evening. It is great I mean, to be well, here. It's probably late for you, right? It's 11 p.m., but as a playwright, this is creative hours. <laughs> you know, we. I don't, I, don't, I don't wake up till. Well, I mean, I wake up at normal hours, but my brain doesn't wake up until the sun goes down. And then it's like, all right, let's get going. Right, that's when the writing mood kicks in. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Well, I'm I'm glad we could interrupt those prime writing hours for something equally <laughs> well, as important. May, and maybe this. Will inspire something. <laughs> oh, oh. Yeah. Listen, uh, if you write a Baywatch themed play legally, you do have to give us, uh, I don't know, 5% of the profits. I'll give you Actually, free you tickets a- and a free hot and ready pizza. About Perfect. <laughs> if you write a Baywatch musical, I will name. I'm trying to figure out how many children I'll have. Seven children after you. <laughs> I'll name a a non-static amount of children after you. Uh, I, don't, I don't know, because here's the thing. Adam's family has a musical, and SpongeBob does. So Baywatch movies constantly get musicals, but TV shows seldom do. So right. my guess is but, it's either Baywatch or MASH, you know. Ooh. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I think a lot of the, the prime Broadway audience would like MASH the musical. <laughs> That's because yeah, they haven't probably. seen Baywatch the musical. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just telling you. Speaking oh. of Baywatch, Homecoming, this is your first time ever watching Baywatch. Is that correct? That is, in fact, very, very correct. Was and it at all like you expected Baywatch to be? It's it so bad it's good. I <laughs> I love it. It is up there with Space Jam, The Room, other bad stuff that I love to watch. It is so Thank bad you it's for good. For saying Space Jam, Morgan, <laughs> go fuck yourself. Clarifying question. Space Jam Two. Space oh, Jam Two yes. is, a, is a living meme. Ugh. Space Jam yes, 2. It's so... It's unwatchable. No, it's, it's not. It's Morgan. so bad. No, no it's not. Spoiler alert for Space Jam 2. When uh, uh, Foghorn Leghorn comes in on the dragon, he's like, Winter, I say winter is coming. That's the kind of movie I signed up for. Living meme. Oh, God. Yes, yes. <laughs> Thank you. I'm so happy. You are the first person to agree with me on this. I feel so vindicated. I've been looking for somebody else, too, because I've been buying merch as a meme. I have pajama pants. I have a championship ring. I bought blind bags. I bought the mac and cheese. Wait, have you actually? Yes, I have. Wait, all of those or just the mac and cheese? All of them. I have the pajama pants. I have the championship ring that says Toon Squad is like a necklace. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, this is amazing. Wow. I love all this. I'm so happy. 
because uh, now <laughs> finally it's a two against one against Morgan, and Morgan, you're wrong. Uh, yeah. Well, I can but, see where yeah. Morgan's coming from, though, because <laughs> Space Jam Two it it is a very niche so bad it's good it's not like the room where you can jump in and it's so bad it's good for everyone it is you gotta love a good meme and just ride with it like yeah you you gotta sign up for the meme (laughs) in fairness i still have not watched the whole movie because i turned it off (laughs) when it just became a five minute Ad of Don Cheadle as Algie Rhythm Morgan, that's like, telling us about how wait, about how that's the, the Warner Bros. streaming service. The thing is, I understand. That's based on a true story. Warner Brothers announced that they're working on an actual Algie Rhythm right now. Predicted the future. <laughs> so when we yeah. when we get uh, what's a predictable Warner Brothers like type thing when we get like <laughs> when we get Batman and Robin rebooted complete with like. Arnold Schwarzenegger coming back as Mr. Freeze and stuff like that. We know that's the algae rhythm because it's going to be like, people were nostalgic for Batman and Robin, right? People love making fun of that movie. The Bat <laughs> Credit new idea. We'll put Bat Credit in Hot Topics everywhere. Money! <laughs> new idea. It's The plot is the Batman and Robin are trying to stop Mr. Freeze from freezing young Sheldon. Mmm... <laughs> <laughs> Morgan, you'd love it. You I know, wish no. I was filming this on boat, like in the show, because that would just jump off. Like that stock yeah. footage that they played that they clearly filmed once of the stunt double <laughs> jumping off the side of the boat. Because I didn't. <laughs> speaking of which, speaking of which, this is Baywatch Season 3, Episode 9, Masquerade. Let's talk about it a little bit. First, uh, it was written by I.C. Rappaport, who also wrote uh, our season two very horny episode, If Looks Could Kill, where Mitch falls in love with a murderer. Uh, oh, yeah. And that makes perfect sense. Uh, yep, sure does. This was directed by Heather Hill, and this is the only episode she would direct. She would hmm. direct 116 episodes of The Young and the Restless, but given that there are 12,277 episodes as of like last week, uh, that's not really a lot. <laughs> Um, no, this feels aired. like an episode of The Young and the Restless. To be fair, you can tell that she did this. It's like a soap opera, yeah. Very, yeah. Uh, and it was aired November ninth, nineteen ninety two. Now, before we get into guest stars, I do want to offer a correction from last week. Last week, oh. I said that Naomi Watts was from the town of Lamberpool, Gwyn Gogeru Quern Drobolandus and Wells. I was wrong. It's actually the town of Lamberpool, Gwingil Gogeru Quern Drobolandus And I know ah. someone's going to be mad at me for that, so I corrected it. Anyways, <laughs> guest stars. <laughs> so, first oh. off, we have. Yes. Any Trio! Oh, well, yes. Oh, we. <laughs> We will get to that. Do not worry. Do not worry, my friend. We will get to that. Um, Because he deserves maybe last billing. Um, So Rod Arantz plays Man on Yacht. Uh, I think he's the guy who um, Garner is like, I broke under your boat. Sorry. Uh, And you may know him from movies like Thank Heaven from 2001. Hey, both of you, can you guess the plot to Thank Heaven? Somebody dies? Uh, They're a ghost? Uh, that happens. 
Wait a minute. I feel like it's going to be like um, Kevin. The fucking, like, in the style of like seven people you meet in heaven. One of those, like, nope. super cheesy is Hallmark. That one, is that the one where they go to heaven on a roller coaster? I remember one of those movies like that where they. Okay. It's way worse. It's way worse. Ooh. Okay. Here's the plot. When a man playing golf gets cancer, great start. Okay. It's up to his son and his playboy wife, Jenny McCarthy. Great. All right. To take over. Okay. To take over his novelty cheese factory he left behind. <laughs> oh, heck yes. What? Sign me up. Sign I, me up. I know. I want up. this. I need to see this movie. It sounds amazing. Um, There's this reboot. <laughs> Which <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Mr. Freeze in, from Thank Heaven. <laughs> um, you may also know him from the TV movie Chameleons, uh, which is a failed uh, TV pilot about. Uh, this is the plot: a slightly crazy heiress discovers that her eccentric millionaire uncle Jason Carr was rather more eccentric than she had ever thought. He was a costume superhero in his spare time, half of a duo calling itself. Captain Chameleon and the Paraclete of Justice. Weird. Wow. Now Shelly must find out exactly who murdered her uncle with the help of her uncle's mysterious and handsome partner in fighting crime. Um, Why would you ever go for a full sentence as your superhero like team name like Captain this, yeah. and the Paraclete of no one's gonna say well, it's oh, like look, Spider-Man it's and his amazing friends it's like Spider-Man and his amazing friends yeah yeah but people like, use the word amazing in sentences they don't use the word Paraclete in sentences <laughs> we're gonna start now this episode was a Paraclete of television <laughs> I don't even know if that's properly using the word Paraclete it's, I'm a playwright, uh, not an English major. <laughs> I, I just Googled it because I'd never heard that word before, and it is the Holy Spirit as advocate or counselor. Oh. Oh. Oh, that's All not right. what I was going for. Oh, whoa. <laughs> oh, whoa. <Yeah>. Heraclete. <laughs> whoa. Well, that sounds like a good version of, like, Daredevil, where they're, like, uh, a wholesome version of like Judge, Jury, and Executioner. <laughs> Judge Judy. It's a good version of Judge Judy. <laughs> oh, fuck. I, okay, I do want to see a Judge Judy and Judge Dredd spinoff or like crossover now, which is Judge Judy and Executioner. Ooh. And I Ooh. I think that would be fucking dope. Okay, so 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 we get that, <laughs> and then the big face off scene is that she's like, "You got to meet me in my on my terms." So he goes on an episode of Judge Judy. It's like a back and forth, with him, <laughs> and he knows he can't kill her because there's like a bunch of witnesses around and stuff. Yes, it's an episode of Judge Judy. <laughs> It's I would for, watch oh, that. It's yeah. for some mundane, yeah. like his landlord's really mad at him. He makes too much noise with all the killings he does at the apartment in the public. <laughs> I'm, I'm losing tenants left and right. Well, can you explain yourself? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, that would be good. I would love that. Um, next up, we have Michael Rothar, who plays Gordon Lowry, who's like the, the guy at the beginning of the episode making breakfast for his partner uh uh you may know him as the role of reporter uncredited <laughs> in space jam one yeah oh. uh, yeah so 
Uh, mind you, um, this episode of Baywatch is his first acting credit. Um, that makes sense. And he would end up playing roles mostly as a judge on TV, bringing it back. Hey. Uh, he is not yeah. a judge. He just got cast as a judge for nine episodes <laughs> of like a 70 episode TV show and it stuck. But mm-hmm. I do have some very Morgan friendly character names he has played. Uh, okay. First up is Dr. Jellicorse. Okay. Ooh, Next. that sounds like a rejected uh, cat's character. Right. I was about to say the same thing. <laughs> uh, next one is Horst Beckenbauer. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, I love that. Yeah. And the last one is George Washington. <laughs> oh, he was in. As in, it's in Hamilton. The hit was was the prototype <laughs> to Hamilton back in the nineties. Except it's historically accurate, so there's like no representation in it. It's just like a historically <laughs> accurate version. Of Hamilton. Oh man. Um, next up, we have a returning. I- I do want to mention, mm-hmm. while we're talking about this man whose name I've already forgotten, did he look like Discount Steve Martin to anyone oh, yeah. else, or was that just me? Oh, okay. Wait, wait, so he's <laughs> he's in the very beginning, right? Yeah, yeah. So he's he, the, the husband. He, the he looked like movie. somebody who could play Santa, like, in, like... Oh, yeah. He, oh, yeah. To me, I was like, is that the Santa from the remake of Miracle on 34th Street? That's who I thought he was. <laughs> he looked but, like the Santa version of David Letterman. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. Uh, Three headlines this week: gifts, stocking (laughs) stuffers, and reindeer. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Next up, we have a returning guest actor, one who has been on this TV show before, uh, which is Danny Trejo. Uh, Yes. You may remember last time he was on this show, he played the dad of a character called Mamo. And then Mamo revived mm-hmm. him after he drowned. Well, I guess that shot him back to life. But as the character <laughs> of Chulo, um, and, I mean, of course, we all know Danny Trejo. We all know him from things like Machete, from Dust Till Dawn. But you may not know, Morgan, that he was also in a little TV show called Jake and the Fat Man. Oh, Fucking why? Why was everyone on this show? Jake and the Fat Man? What? What yes. is this? What? Okay. Yeah. Sitcom so, clearly with a name like that. No. No. It's well, sort of. So this is our recurring joke this season because uh, everybody there is there. Okay, Morgan. There are ninety-five characters, uh, actors who have been on Baywatch who have also been on Jake and the Fat Man. Um, Why? I don't know. So Jake and the Fat Man was a <laughs> show from like nineteen eighty-seven about a guy named Jake who's a detective and his partner who is just overweight. So they call him the Fat Man, and the name of the show uh-huh. is Jake and the Fat Man, and it looks horrible. And that's why we just keep bringing it up because. Why the fuck was everybody on this show? Why is Danny Trejo? You know who else is on this show, Morgan? Who else? Uh, Tom McTeague, who played Harvey. Oh, shit. Everybody from this show 
was fucking on that show. Brian Cranston was on Shake and the Fat Man. Who wasn't on Shake and the Fat Man? That's my what question. What the fuck? I know. Right? <laughs> yeah. I feel like this is a sign that when you wrap up with everything Baywatch, every movie, every TV show, every everything, every Baywatch thing is done, you just gotta move on to Jake and the Fat Man. I feel like this is a sign. Fucking apparently. <laughs> I don't know if I could live with myself doing that. Right? <laughs> that sounds horrible. Gotta move on to Jake. Yeah. <laughs> what if the cruel irony is that Kevin Smith based Whoa. Fat Man on Batman <laughs> after this? Nobody mm. knew. Just I like how you brought up Kevin Smith because literally 10 minutes ago I was listening to something else or someone brought up Kevin Smith. So, like, <laughs> everything I've listened to today is just being brought up. Is it the fact that Clerks, the animated series, can't be found anywhere and we're still all trying to think, like, did it actually exist? Or is it that just is something that we all thought existed and then naturally didn't? <laughs> For me, I'm more thinking about, like, oh, shit, at one point I actually saw Clerks 2. That's weird. Uh, <laughs> oh, God, that movie was so bad. Yeah, it can't I- be worse than Tusk. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it can. is. It absolutely is. It's what if think of this. What if Tusk was way more racist? Mm-hmm. Oh my! Way oh no! Racist. Oh no! Oh no! Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh yeah. no! Way more racist y- and like, offensive. Oh no! So this is like peak Kevin Smith years, also. So this oh, is yeah. yeah. This is like Mallrats, Clerks yeah. one. Era Kevin oh. Smith, right? Well, I mean, this is years later. This was like mid two thousands. Yeah, Clerks oh. two was 06. Oh, yeah. so, oh so this is like this is post yeah. Run, post Dogma, post Chasing Game. This is so the one he did before this was Jay and Selen Bob Strike Back, which was Ugh, like two thousand one. Yeah, which many which, consider like the peak of like Kevin yeah. Smith entertainment. It's it's the peak of his universe in terms of memory, like or inside jokes. I don't know if it's mm-hmm. the peak in terms of like the quality of his movies. No, peak in quality uh, <laughs> is dogma. Peak yes. in quality is dogma. Yeah. Even if that is probably the absolute worst that Jay will ever like. I'm pretty sure every audience member wants to punch Jay in the face at least five times every time they watch Dogma. <laughs> that is like yeah. Jay at his most Jayness. Like oh yeah. <laughs> But, well, I mean, I, I think that's Jay and Silent Bob's right back, but uh, <laughs> honestly. Um, now, lastly, we have John O'Hurley, who is best known for playing the character of Jay Peterman on Seinfeld, to the point where I said, oh, hey, it's Jay Peterman. And in fact, in my notes, I forgot the name of the character that he plays in this episode, so I just called him Jay Peterman. And <laughs> uh, He also did a lot of animation voice acting. He did oh, yeah. a, a ton of it. Uh, the one that I remember most is uh, him being Lola's dad in the really underrated Looney Tunes show where they live in the suburbs. Oh, where, yeah. Uh, my favorite uh, line of his in that show is like, go to your room. And Lola's like, I don't even live here anymore. Go to the room that your mother uses for scrapbooking that used to be your room. <laughs> 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 Did you know that post the SpongeBob movie, he played every every appearance post that he played the role of King Neptune? No way, huh? Yeah, but it wasn't no way it wasn't him in 
in uh, in the movie. Yeah. Uh, now, some other things to may know him from are he hosted Family Feud for five years. Mm-hmm. He was the runner-up on the first season of Dancing with the Stars. He was in the all-time stinker of a movie, Christian Mingle. He was in oh. a bunch of other TV shows that I don't want to name because I wrote this at 10, 10 p.m. last night. <laughs> uh, but he will show up in Baywatch Nights, in Thunder in Paradise, and in Sun of the Beach. The worst possible version of Baywatch. Now, yeah, funny character. Son of the Beach? So Son of the Beach is the uh, sexist offensive parody show from the mid-2000s about Baywatch. Yeah. Like, really offensive. Like, I feel like every actor in the 90s has it. Every creator who went through the 90s has one thing that does not hold up well. Have one thing that, like, just doesn't age well. And I didn't even what know. about Radiohead? <laughs> who? <laughs> uh, but now, yes, yeah, that's like he he has one of for somebody who is playing an extra on Baywatch of all things. He has one of the biggest resumes out of everybody here, even over some of the main cast members. When you oh, think yeah. about I mean, it, which is insane. <laughs> Like, cause, like, again, we've had like Brian Cranston on the show. We've had big with David Spade, Marissa Hargitay. Like, there are big name actors who end up on this show who are just like weren't big names back then. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like Danny Trejo, for example, who has twenty. There's, you know, on IMDb when you look up at things that are like pre-production, post-production, complete writing, whatever. They always have like a red like statement next to the name of the movie. Denny Trejo has 20 of those entries and he did like nine movies in 2021 so far. Like Danny Trejo is like in business, right? He has a huge, huge resume. Most Uh, importantly, he appeared on the Muppets that Disney, (laughs) that, that terrible Disney plus Muppets show where they're trying to be like Snapchat and stuff. He had the best one because it was Danny Trejo teamed up with the Swedish chef. And it was the best <laughs> six minutes I have seen in a long time because they were in a cooking contest. That's so dope. That, it was worth it. It was worth the six minutes. The rest of the show, not so much. But that that was worth it. <laughs> now, lastly, I want to do my my segment of funny character names for that John O'Hurley has played. Um, in Thunder in Paradise, he plays a character called Bryden Chubshaw. Great name. Great name. Uh, yeah. In Phineas and Ferb, which is a great show. He plays the brother of Heinz Doofenshmirtz, and he plays Roger Doofenshmirtz, also a great mm. name. And then yes. lastly, in the, the, I think it's TV show, Damon, he plays a character called Woody Woodson, um, which <laughs> just, wow, really creative. Oh, the, uh, yeah. the the writer was like pressed for time. 
he was like, oh no, oh no, I, I need a character name. Uh, my said, desk, What's my favorite his, Mega Man boss? <laughs> Woodman. <laughs> I was going to go, what is my desk made out of? Wood, 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 woody, wood. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> it's in, they look at the script and that name specifically is in permanent marker and like big letters. <laughs> we can't do the movie without Woody Woodson. He ties it all together, even though he's like 14th build. <laughs> Um, get the guy from family feud get the guy from family feud (laughs) Uh, morgan that's all i got take us into the episode all right yeah we uh we start off on a yacht uh where uh discount steve martin is making his wife breakfast in bed while ominous music plays and uh then he's holding the knife wait so he 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 tells her like Hey, you should go back to sleep. I, okay, maybe I'm my life just sucks. Which, <laughs> yes, but also like how I, I can't imagine being fully alert, awake, like up, walking, bright eyed, and then being like, "I'll go back to sleep for ten minutes." And oh yeah, yeah. When I, torture, I'm yeah. up. That well, I immediately. So the dialogue in this show is. <laughs> Wonderful! Yes. This makes yes. this makes Power Rangers look like it deserves an Oscar. Yes. <laughs> so so yeah. So the episode yeah. starts with that. And he's like, "Go back to bed for ten minutes." And I'm like, "All right." I thought the knife in the hand. I thought that was a pirate. I didn't. I thought that right. was a pirate. I thought he was going <laughs> to stab someone. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It just seems weird for him to hold a carton of juice and then not stab someone <laughs> <laughs> there's pulp in this shing <laughs> uh, but then uh, we see a hand come into the bedroom where the wife is and the wife screams and then we cut away dun 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 um, next we get to see CJ and Stephanie on a boat and CJ doesn't want to slow the boat down, but Stephanie does. Important question. Shh, Morgan, I mm-hmm. feel like you're very uh, much the perfect person to answer this since you, you are the expert. Morgan, sh- uh, okay. should Cam Anderson play Sonic the Hedgehog? Oh, fuck. I mean, yeah. There you go. Like, yeah. I, I think he's an I animal. Think. She loves animals, too. They both love to go True. fast. Head up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> But ben Schwartz, you, you better sell us on this next movie. We got a replacement on the line right now. <laughs> yeah. See, no, here's here's my pitch. We keep Ben Schwartz as the voice of Sonic, but we no. put Pam Anderson no, in no, blue. No, 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 <laughs> no, curse, no, curse. No, no, we've already had one one curse Sonic for our lifetime. Okay. Meow. Uh, <laughs> but what if, like, I want to see the movie where where Pam Anderson every time they do something is like, "You're gonna make me crouch again, okay?" And she like rolls up to a ball, and someone just like pushes her. <laughs> spin ball. Holy roll. Well, in the in the movie, he hasn't learned spin ball yet. Right, yeah. but Pam Anderson yeah. one knows how to. <laughs> <laughs> 
just really slowly. So it's like you first have to go slowly, and it's like it's accurate because Pam Anderson could not spin at sixty miles an hour. So it's just her going. Oh, I mean, fuck. you don't know that. It's just like every time she asks, you, she she pukes. Oh, it's amazing. I'll, I'll I'll raise I'll raise you. Okay, he has those rings. Right. He opens up a dimension, and we get him. We get classic Sonic, who can't talk at all. We get modern Sonic, voiced by one of the video game actors. She comes out of one of them as a dimension that we didn't know yet. <laughs> and then to top it all out, we get Jaleel White Sonic jump out of one of them and be like, Ooh. and that's no good. <laughs> Jim Carrey's trying to blow up Drugs Seattle, and that's no good. <laughs> Drugs are good, says Sonic. Here's here's my vote for how uh, we do the spinball attack. We just put Pam Anderson in a Zorb and push her around. Oh my God, I I'm funding this movie immediately. <laughs> I'm withdrawing my entire life savings, and uh, I, I figured twelve to thirteen bucks should be enough to you, make a movie. You might right? want to, <laughs> as somebody who's savings. making a movie in the next couple years, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you might want to hold on to your savings because I have some ideas later for what we could be doing with our life savings. Ooh, I can't oh, wait. Let's, uh, let's keep going. With Why life you're, included. <laughs> you're included in this. You, since you're on this podcast, you now have to fund our ideas. That's just how it works. <laughs> but anyways. You know, I should have signed that contract after having that margarita. <laughs> <laughs> you should have read the fine print. <laughs> There's no fine print on this podcast. We're not. We don't put enough effort in for that. But you know who does yeah. put enough effort? The lady from the first scene, because she is there floating mm-hmm. in the water. And Stephanie says, I know her. And therefore, she, mm-hmm. therefore, she rescues her. Not because it's her job, but it's like, oh, I know. Yeah, her. <laughs> she's face down. Like, how? How? Because that was they one of the first. Her. Yeah. Yeah, like she gets to her and she's like, I knew her, I know her, but she's face down. Like, <laughs> I, I recognize yeah. that ass. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> I mean, she does have distinctive hair, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. She's like, I, I always, she's the only person I know who's five foot 11. Like that, so. <laughs> it's the 80s. Everybody has that frizzy hair. <laughs> what is it? Oh, no, wait, I meant 92. <laughs> And this feels like an 80s show. This feels like an 80s show. Well, it I know didn't start as an 80s show. Okay, so it did start. Oh. It started end of 89. So. It was the beginning of an era. We got what? the Game Boy, we got Batman, and we got Baywatch. <laughs> and we are better for all three. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, after they pull Beverly out of the water... Uh, Stephanie doesn't think that Gordon killed Beverly and Mitch is like, yeah, no, he totally did. And Garner shows up and is like, yeah, no, I mean, her husband totally murdered her. She emptied out or he emptied out all of their bank accounts. No, no, Garner doesn't think. So Mitch is the one that thinks he did it. Right. And Stephanie and Garner are like, no, Gordon didn't do it. Oh, I totally. I guess I misread that. Yeah, because. Because she says he wouldn't do that, which is like, oh, okay. Um, he was just your professor. It's not like he murdered people in your class and you're like, you see, I, <laughs> I, I have the history. No. Uh, so she says he wouldn't. 
Garner says, I have a theory that he didn't, but my the, the rest of the police think that he did. So it, oh, it's like two against one okay. here. So we're, we're led to believe Mitch is wrong. Also, weird part about this scene is that all of a sudden a lifeguard named Johnny appears and Mitch is just like, here's some papers. And I thought, yeah, okay, so clearly they just introduced Johnny, a character who's never been there before. He'll be the killer. Nope. He's not even credited. <laughs> so he's just nobody. It was this big break. Yeah. It was this big yeah. break. He, he told break. all of his friends at, wait, so it's the 90s. Uh, they were splitting Wendy's nuggets and Frosties. And he's like, dudes, I'm in Baywatch this week. And they're like, yeah. And then they all like jump up and they're like, and he's like, quarter pounders on me because it's the 90s and everything's like $2. <laughs> I hope the price of this stuff never goes up. <laughs> but now I want a quarter pounder. <laughs> yeah, right? but yeah. So um, so there's this like back and forth. There's this back and forth, and uh, as somebody who's never watched the show, you two can fill me in. Is there like a will they won't they between these two already? Yeah. yeah. So you can tell that from the sorry. second they walk on screen. <laughs> The backstory oh, yeah. is that they were dating and then she just up and left one day and it like broke his heart. And then she all of a sudden came back and became his boss. And now it's like a weird dynamic because it's like, you know, don't date your boss. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. <laughs> he's like I'm still into her, but I also hate her, but I'm into her. And it's the same <laughs> on her end. Ah, uh, OK, yeah. OK. So typical '90s workplace romance. This this was all over shows in the '90s. Whether it was the nanny, uh, yeah, other shows. The nanny is the first one. That <laughs> the nanny's who? The nanny. The nanny. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I'll I'll say that the nanny's even Brand worse. Fran strikes back. <laughs> can we? Can we? <laughs> I will finish what they start. <laughs> I'm just thinking of, of a Darth I'm thinking of a Darth Vader mask and French treasures under it. <laughs> but but yeah, so typical typical '90s workplace romance. You know, yeah. Something mm-hmm. to grip the as a writer, something to grip the audience and keep them coming back to multiple episodes because. Right. You wanna you wanna see if the relationship's going anywhere. Even shows today like Brooklyn Nine Nine Brooklyn Nine Nine do did this with Peralta Peralta and Santiago, where it's like, are those two finally going to Jim and Pam, Leslie Nope and Ben Wyatt? It, it happens in every show. So yeah, typical. Oh, we're working together, but yeah. can we work? Out us looks at the camera. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'd like to add that Alexander Paul, who plays Stephanie at the time of this episode, is the exact same age as me, and that scares me um, because she looks so much more adult than I feel when I look in the mirror. And maybe I should have <laughs> kept that for therapy, but too bad. <laughs> Listen, what are what are podcasts if not free therapy? Uh, well, I mean, only two people are listening. So, I mean, if someone wants to respond later on Twitter and be like, hey, I got some therapy advice for you. Great. But that's going to be a few weeks from now. I'm not going to remember this. Yeah. 
The the two other things I really liked from this scene, one is that um, Garner says that I think it's Garner who says that this isn't the first time this has happened with rich couples right. mm. uh, as if this is just like a pattern that happens. And then Mitch is like, yeah, but he must have done it because there are no pirates in Santa Monica. And we've seen pirates on this yes. show at least yes. once, if not multiple yes. times. Yeah. Exactly. Like a season one episode where we're like, why are there pirates here? And and Mitch was like, yes. there's no pirates here. And I'm like, you can't keep <laughs> using that excuse, Mitch. It only works the one time. Well, uh, he, he's seen yeah. a lot of action. Well, we know that the kind of person that Mitch is, other people, when they dive in the water, they go, huh? and they hold their breath. He just, he, he takes in that salt water. He he just chugs <laughs> it right up. So he, he he might be forgetting season one, season two. He might be drinking a little too much of that. <laughs> he might be drinking yep. a little too much yeah. of that salt water. That's the only logical. He seems like the kind of guy who would be like common safety. Nah, just like <laughs> that's that's true. But you know who else may be drinking too much salt water, and that's Stephanie, because Mitch says. This could be like the movie Lost in America from 1985 with Albert Brooks. And Stephanie gets mad and says, you want to talk about movies? How about The Ghost of Blackbeard? Which is, in fact, not a movie. So I think she's drinking too much salt water. (laughs) (laughs) I I think the script writer, uh, the script writer could have easily said Treasure Island, which is a public domain name, and it would have worked. Because Treasure <laughs> Island is a piece of fiction where, oh, that guy who's a cook on our boat, who has one leg, who's some pirate of legend. Nah, he's just our one-legged cook guy. Ten, uh, like, an hour and a half away. <laughs> oh, my God, he's a pirate. Oh, my God. Like, <laughs> like she could have worked perfectly. That would have worked perfectly. But then that means that, you know, scripts, because TV writing is the most difficult writing out there. I'm not going to act like it's easy because for a movie, Mm -hmm. for a Broadway play, for a book, you write a beginning, middle and end and you make it last a little while for TV. It's like, Oh yeah, I got a beginning, middle and end. And then the executive with the big cigar walks in and goes, now I need 20 more of those by next week, Friday, we film in two weeks. (laughs) You got a deadline. So then they start hitting the copy and paste button over and over and over. Oh, oh, this line about Mitch thinking that there's no pirates and he's surprised. No one's going to notice, you know, it's been a while in between seasons. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, most well, also, I think as as Morgan, Morgan likes to frequently say they were just doing a bunch of drugs. Um, oh, like yeah. probably. No, this writer's this writer's room is fueled by oh, especially this episode. Uh, oh, fact, oh, there's think, a specific think, moment later that I will 100 oh, yeah. percent agree with you on. Yeah, uh, but you know, I think the next scene is also the start of our cocaine dream here, which is mm-hmm. Stephanie's weird plot. Oh God, yeah. So. Stephanie knows a yacht broker who owes her a favor, so she wants to set up a sting and wants to put a fake mustache on Mitch. Um, So they dress up as a fancy couple with Garner as their chauffeur, which felt a little weird and racist, but that's the 90s. Let's not interrogate that too closely. Um, And I love Stephanie's wig. It's so obviously a wig, um, but it is wonderful. 
Um, and then they make out a lot, despite Mitch being like, hey, aren't we overselling it? And then we get like a Whoa. half second shot of Danny Trejo. And I was so fucking you excited. <laughs> the most important character of the episode, which is a dog named Sushi. Oh, dog named oh, Sushi. Yes. Which is which is great because later on they forget they have a dog and they say that they have a cat. And I'm like, you idiots. Oh, shit. Really? Yeah. yeah. They're making out later. They're like, oh, you wouldn't want the cat to go without milk. And I'm like, you don't have a cat. You have a dog named Sushi. <laughs> oh, yeah. Get it together. I um. So this scene popped up. And first of all, you see them on the first confession. When I was invited to be a guest, I was scrolling through the episodes and scrolling and scrolling. And I picked one, and that one was already taken, so I was scrolling, scrolling. I picked this one because the <laughs> image on IMDb is Hasselhoff with the mustache. I literally <laughs> picked so it good. because of Hasselhoff with the mustache. It's I was amazing. Like, I was like, I, I, need, I need to see why he's wearing the mustache, disguise or not. Second of all, my favorite thing about this scene, while they're acting rich and they're walking over the dock and this plan is being executed, mm-hmm. you see all these people who look like obvious pirates who then end up not being pirates at all. Like with the, there's a right. guy with an eye patch. There's <laughs> yes, a guy with yes. a parrot on his shoulder. Like they, they, they try to yeah. make the audience go like, Ooh, who are the pirates? Oh, it's obviously eye patch guy. Oh no, it's obviously this, <laughs> obviously that. <laughs> yeah. We get Danny Trejo and I was, I, I was loving every second it's of this, really but funny because you can tell, um, I'm going to make a, a really wild statement here, which is you can tell the politics of the people watching it by what they thought of this scene, because a lot of the IMDb reviewers are like, look, there's the people who dress like pirates and they're pirates. This this show is stupid. I'm like, no, they showed you a bunch of people dressed like pirates who weren't pirates. That's how they got you. <laughs> you, Jokes you on idiots you. on IMDb are idiots. Jokes on you. It was national talk like a pirate day. Those people are just festive. If you owe them an apology <laughs> to Twitter with you. <laughs> Actually, homecoming. I don't think this was filmed on September nineteenth, so I don't think it. Dang it! <laughs> Dang it all! Um, well, they were but, they were really excited to go to uh, Disneyland and ride the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. They were getting dressed up for that. Ooh. There we go. Ooh, they were really excited because uh, in a, maybe a year or two, Monkey Island One would come out. And they're like, ooh, I love mm. that game that I haven't played yet. That, you know who especially they, loves that game is the made-up characters that Mitch and Stephanie create, which are Lily and Pepper Von Dress. Um, which, oh, God, it's so very nice, very Gentile names. Uh, yep. No, mm-hmm. no Jews spotted here. Um, <laughs> and, and she dons a fake Southern accent. As Ooh, well. yes, she does. Yes, she does. Very fa- in and out. Because obviously they got to be like yep. from Texas. He's got to fake being an oil tycoon, something like that. So she, so no one questions the I fact that the she has an act. <laughs> I churn the oil with my stash. <laughs> so, so no one questions why she has an accent, and he, he is the worst sting operator ever. Because yes. he literally yeah. just acts like himself. He Hasselhoff literally walks out and just goes like, "Hey, yeah, we're married." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and as soon as they're even like a six inches away from anyone else, he's like, 
We're playing up this sting thing too much, right? It's like you're dude, an earshot. You can still hear you're you. Earshot. Yeah, you're an earshot of the dude with the parrot. So that's two people who can repeat that. <laughs> <laughs> you got, I mean, look, he's also right next to the eye patch guy, and look, I don't know, maybe that guy's a pirate. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, oh, the suspense. Not? But so, before we go it, further, I have to mention something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whoever did the music in this show, first of all, it uses the same tracks a lot. They the the, the oh, music God. budget was clearly the the one that got cut. Like they were yes. like, oh, we got musicians for Baywatch, and they write that awesome theme song. I'll say right away, the theme song, perfect staple, running yeah. TV show sitcom. It it slaps. It's good. It's a classic sitcom. It's uh, up. It's a bop. But then after they're like, we used all the budget on the opening, they walk up and they go, you're fired, you're fired, you're fired, you're fired, you're fired. <laughs> hey, you, Bobby. Yeah? What do you got? I got the one keyboard that has all the different settings that can make different synth noises. You stay. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can thank Corey Larios for that. Corey, the, I think a one-man band, basically. Uh, Corey, you right. stay. <laughs> yeah. Everyone else, go home. Take your severance. Go write sitcoms for other shows. I heard TGIF needs a lot of horsepower right now. And I need... <laughs> There's uh, definitely some episodes where you can tell that they put a little bit more effort into like the background music. Uh, and because you can actually recognize, oh my god, there's background music. Um, otherwise, <laughs> it just like kind of fades. So synth in one ear. It is so nineties. It is so nineties with how synthy it is. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, um. But yeah, at this point, they uh, they meet with the yacht dealer, and the dealer is like, "Hey, if you're buying a yacht, you should join our yacht club." And they're like, "Absolutely." But first, we will need to see the membership list. And the dealer's like, yeah, totally. You guys are complete randos who I don't even know can actually buy this yacht. But yeah, I'll show you the membership. <laughs> they, had, they had the okay from the guy who Stephanie owes, that owes a favor to Stephanie. So he probably, sure. he probably was like, they got the money. They're good. I guess. But it still just feels weird to be like, yeah, here's the membership list before you've even joined. Yeah. I don't know. No, it is. Um but then uh, then we get some shots of Mitch and Stephanie on their yacht, in all white, observing the pores in all, all white. white. And it is just like peak 70s rich white people. It's fashion. so smart. <laughs> like so smart. Yeah. <laughs> I'm oh, king of the world. I, what, Mitch, <laughs> as Trevor at one point looks at some birds and goes, oh, look, a parade. I thought, oh, my fucking God, Hasselhoff, you deserve an Oscar. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. Whoa. God, he is hamming it the fuck I love up it. in this episode. I love it. This is no, it's more great. great. It's so good. Hasselhoff is actually a good actor in my eyes because he's just oh yeah weird. oh he's not just a good actor. So one thing I probably should have said at the very beginning is that my only experience with anything Baywatch is that I now realize that his whole character in the first SpongeBob movie is a reference to this show. Yes, like with the red mm-hmm. shorts and the. Yes. lifeguard garb oh yeah and so Hasselhoff being in that movie is great i will say right now one other thing that is underrated about him he is a fantastic singer yes. true survivor yes. from kung fury 
should not be as amazing as it is. <laughs> but it, it <laughs> I actually, in prep for this podcast, that's what I did. I listened to True Survivor. <laughs> 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 you didn't watch the episode. Yeah, he... You just listened to that song. Oh no, I made sure to watch the episode too. I made sure to do that, but then I listened to True Survivor afterwards because I was like, I need to hear how awesome and how exp- I need because in, in the show he's very like, eh, I'm here, which I don't yeah. blame him. He's been on the show for we're in season three now. Yeah. So he's yeah. probably way charismatic in the beginning, and then they're like, guess who got renewed for another? And Hasselhoff is like, I need the money. Fine. No, like, he's the producer. <laughs> he's the producer? Yeah, he's the one putting he's the one putting up a lot of the money for this, actually. Yeah. No way. Yeah. He became yeah. the producer. Oh yeah, no, he loved this mm-hmm. thing. This is his yeah. passion project. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thoughts? <laughs> Clearly, you're when we think of the shot. great passion projects, we'll hold this up with Hamilton, with Lemon Mo Miranda, <laughs> and the Room. The room. <laughs> I was say the, room. <laughs> the Room, and the you know what? And the movie Room. <laughs> so, so, um, so what happens is that Hasselhoff, if he's having a rough day, he'll go. You know what? I made Baywatch what it is. And he looks at Hamilton and be like, I could have done so much better. And then he looks over at the room. I could have done so much worse. <laughs> Honestly, every, reading interviews with Hasselhoff, like he loves so bad. It's good movies. And he loves playing goofy characters. Like he was in Piranha, like three double D or whatever it is. And they're like, his, his agent was like, don't take this. This is horrible. And he goes, why wouldn't I want to take this? This is horrible. It sounds fun. Uh, so he seems <laughs> like he's just a chill dude. So he wouldn't have minded anyways. Yeah. It's amazing. It's yeah. amazing. So he's he's the opposite of Michael Caine, who ha- gave one of my favorite quotes ever in an interview, where when he was asked why he chose to appear in Piranha 3D, or no, sorry, in Jaws 3, The Revenge, <laughs> Uh, he said, I have not seen the movie. By all reports, it is terrible. I have seen the house that it bought me. By all accounts, it is incredible. And I just love yeah. him. I just love him. Well, let's not forget the... Uh, so, Michael, what have you been up to? I did a shot with a Muppet today. I got to sit in... His interview for Muppets Christmas Carol is the best thing ever. Like, he is so yeah. emotionally invested. <laughs> like... Yeah, Michael Michael Caine's amazing. Michael Caine is a treasure. He is a treasure to us all. Truly. You know what else is a treasure? That's my lead-in. Morgan, you think of a better lead-in. The treasure is the treasure of speed. (laughs) Mm. Uh, Because (laughs) CJ is a speed demon. Um, Garner hates it because he's getting seasick. Um, (laughs) Yeah, he's wearing patches. That's right. He's wearing patches that... Or like he said, he's oh, yeah. doubling up on seasickness patches, and they're and they're not working. Those what? are band aids. <laughs> Those are clearly bands. Yeah. This is like his one character trait is that he really hates the water and the beach and everything associated whoa, whoa, whoa. with it. And and he loves Aretha Franklin, even though this is I true. hear it as he loves reefer, and I think that's way better. <laughs> 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 
That's a reaper. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, CJ and Garner uh, radio into Mitch and Stephanie's boat, and they all banter a little bit. Uh, and then Garner throws up over the side of the boat, and they're all heading to Lover's Cove. And they all talk in code, and it's actually kind of fun. A, Just very, like, goofy. Oh, yeah. Movie the fisherman kind of has his rod over the side of the boat right now. And yeah. then you hear the throw-up <laughs> sound over the radio. There's yeah, reason CJ purposely held it up really close to yep. him just so <laughs> Mitch could hear that. There's mm-hmm. a great part of this where uh, CJ tells Mitch if he needs some privacy on his fake honeymoon tonight, CJ will be sure to not bring Garner over till after dark. And Stephanie says, Trevor and I will not be consummating our marriage on this trip. And then, <laughs> oh, that was Trevor's good line. Mitch as Trevor just goes, Avita Zane. Avita Zane. Hangs up. And I'm like, this was the part. So I, we had a chat that we did just to plan this episode. And I said something along the lines of like, I really liked this episode. And I had just reached this part and I was like, this episode is a fever dream. And then I was not prepared mm-hmm. for the next like five minutes of more fever dream. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. Which we will talk about in a second here, but like there, this episode is one of those weird sinusoidal waves of like, it goes down then just up and then back down and then up. And then mm-hmm. it's very, classically paced Baywatch if it just has these really weird high peaks and then like brings you back down um and it makes you worry uh because I feel like my love for this show is artificial just based on some sort of like <laughs> weird you know like will they won't day kind of abusive relationship that uh the Baywatch mm-hmm. writers have with me um <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, you know what I I will say this and this is a hot take right now this is already a what better romance written than Jim and Pam from The Office. Ooh, I, yeah. I can tell that from sure. one episode. I <laughs> because there's a key difference between this romance, and I know the writers are being like, "Ha up and down," and and there's there's some more bits we'll get into later in the episode where they explore this with some of that dialogue. But this is one thing. I was in dialogue. Dialogue. (laughs) I was invested. I've never been invested in couples like Jim and Pam or Ross and Rachel. I've always been like more so annoyed because it's like, for goodness sake, can we stop talking about this? It's like, can you two either make up or break up, please? So we can stop talking about it. Please. And they find ways to like talk about the through like the whole series. This one they make it believable. They they actually make it feel like, oh my gosh, these two used to have like it, Hasselhoff is really his subtle acting in this episode, his subtlety is on point. Yeah. Because he's very much like yeah. You could tell he says Alvita Zane in a way that's like, oh, he's hanging up. But you could tell in his voice that he's bummed out. He's like, he's yeah. like, Alvita Zane. And then he like hangs up. It's just like, he's very, very interesting. So, yeah. So. I think it surprises a lot of people when I say 
Okay, well, one, it surprised a lot of people that I willingly subject myself to do a podcast about Baywatch. <laughs> uh, uh, and they say, I don't know how you and Morgan do it. And I say persistence. But it also surprises <laughs> people when I say, I think David Hasselhoff's a, a like fantastic actor. And they're like, you're you're wrong. You just don't know. Like, you watch so much bad stuff that you don't know what mm-hmm. good acting is anymore. And I'm like, that's not true. Like, I... Like, I can tell you David Hasselhoff is a good actor, and if you, like, study the way he does, like, even this role over the course of a bunch of episodes, yeah, there's some times where it's, like, it's not great, and there's other times where you're, like, I think he might actually be really good. He's and like Adam Sandler. He's like Adam Sandler, because people put Adam Sandler in a box, but you forget that he actually has a handful of good dramatic and comedic movies. Yeah, I thought this was going to yeah. be a joke where you're like, it's a box. And then what he actually has is a box. That was going to be the joke. <laughs> no, no, no. I legit think that because uh, I, I enjoy it. Hasselhoff has shown whether it was in Jekyll and Hyde or True Survivor oh, and Kung Fury. I still need that- the, the Jekyll and Hyde with him. I saw it in the store, in a, in a video store while trying to rent the room. Um, like back in college and i saw him on there and i told some friends oh my god david hasselhoff is in jekyll and hyde and they're like yeah we should see that i was like but should we see it more than the room and we're like nah we need to re-rent the room Uh, (laughs) yeah so i never saw it not as not as quotable as uh, not as not as quotable as uh as the room hi doggy really yeah i'm shocked (laughs) i'm shocked good songs I, I highly recommend after yeah. this podcast look up the song. I think it's uh, it. This is my time. It's a song that has the word time in it, and Hasselhoff <laughs> brings the house down. Like he's Thanks, he, yeah. he's he's uh, he's playing uh, Jekyll at that moment, and he's like singing at this big pivotal emotional moment but he goes almost operatic in his singing and i was like i never knew hasselhoff had range like that yeah <laughs> it was speaking amazing. of range no, I mean, speaking of range yeah. let's talk about this next scene oh heck yeah oh boy heck yeah yeah so we uh we at this point get uh a little brief scene of uh mitch looking backwards in the mirror at stephanie and realizing that uh Maybe he's still got the hots for her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we get uh, the most weird fucking shit we've seen on Baywatch in a while, <laughs> which is an extended black and white dream sequence where uh, Mitch is in a jazz club. And why? Who's that singing? Why? It's Stephanie as Lily. Unless you yeah. watch it on Hulu. Yeah, it just goes on forever. Unless you watch it, it on Hulu, then they dub a different song over it that makes it oh, even don't, weirder. We're going to get to that in a second. We're going to get. <laughs> trust me. Uh, now, for both of you, huh. I did send you uh, the original airing of this episode. The original Correct. podcast had Evening by Pat Benatar. Uh, and that's what Stephanie yeah. lip syncs. And that fits a lot better. Um, yeah. Correct. The, the version I watched had that song. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because I, I watched the video. There's this guy who's been posting on YouTube videos of like the montages with their original songs from the German original airing. Um, so that's how I was able to find it. And yeah, it works. Instead, 
Yeah. What Homecoming and I get is a song called Taken <laughs> by Geodopolis, but it's actually also written by Corey Larios. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, fun fact, uh. fun fact, this song is so pointless that Amazon never even <laughs> transcribed the lyrics. I'm not going to do it. <clears throat> That's a lie. I transcribed this by ear. I was going to say. <laughs> I transcribed the lyrics by ear. Just so Homecoming could sing or dramatically read these lyrics. Homecoming, uh, here are the lyrics to this song. Will you please sing, read, however you want. Uh, okay. Note that there is one part of every stanza that I could not understand, so you're going to have to make some shit up. Oh, uh, <laughs> oh no. I didn't sign up for yeah. this. Oh. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, no. So this is the version that we got. This is the version yes. that I listened to. Yeah. Well, I'll I'll have some thoughts. So you don't have to sing it again. Oh, yeah. Right? Just just every do time I hear you sing, I'm lost in that moment. It's true. You are so beautiful to me. I can't take my eyes off of you. Don't you know? I can't pretend. Gonna love you till the end. Cause to me, you're a part of something up here with you i am taken (laughs) i love the way you smile at me i love the way you move you have a special way about you when you're singing the blues don't you know that i can't pretend gotta love till the end because to me you're a part of like something up here with you i'm taken (laughs) i love the way you're next to me i want you close can't you see you, my dear, are my destiny, and I need you, and I want you, and I love you, because you set me free. Don't you know that I can't pretend? Gonna love you till the end, because to me, you're a part of make something up here. With you, I am taken, taken, I am taken, taken, I am taken, taken, taken. I am taken, I am Liam Neeson. I have a very particular <laughs> set of skills, and I will find you. And I will, but, um, but, um, yeah, so this is the moment that I was going to say, you know, the, the the episode seemed tamed so far. Had a setup, yeah. had a plot, had goofy yeah. jokes, had mystery. Yeah. This yeah. is where <laughs> someone was like, hey, everyone, Steve from accounting brought in the good stuff. And then the Coke went on the desk. Yeah. And there was no going <laughs> oh, back. Yeah. <laughs> when I first saw this, my jaw hit the literal floor. Same. Because I was like, who thought this was a good idea? Who, (laughs) who, you know, Hasselhoff is sitting there, you know, enjoying his day. He's like, oh, we're filming Baywatch. And then they walk up to him with the script and he's like, film what now? It's like, I produce this shit. (laughs) (laughs) The amazing thing to me is this is the second black and white classy song and dance flashback dream sequence scene that we've seen in the show. Yeah, that's weird. Like, what the fuck? And the second, yeah. this season. So. God, was that? No, are, that was are they trying oh, it's the to, third. It's the are, third, because we've also had the weird black and white flashback with Mitch and Stephanie showing their relationship. Oh, we right. had to yeah, yeah. Do a callback to, like, Casablanca with this shit. Like are they- uh, so they literally they literally three episodes ago had the episode <clears throat> basically open and close with Mitch quoting Castle and they did uh, like straight up saying oh that he's quoting Castle Oh my! Oh my god! Yeah, I don't know how to feel about this. 
Last season, they had a scene <laughs> where one character looks into another's eyes and then it cuts to a like 1920s style movie, like ballroom dance sequence, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. which was crazy. Uh, so, yeah, this show like randomly gets arty at times and it just fucks with me. Yeah, like, um, I kind of love when it's, I, say, I mean, I do too. Yeah, I, I do love when something like. You know, there's a great way to break expectation. I will say in in the form of TV, community is the best example of never expect a typical show or anything that Dan Harmon mm-hmm. makes, to be honest. You know, sure. you always get three seasons of quality. After that, we won't talk about it. But anyway, <laughs> then there's a gas leak. Then Dan Harmon gets mad at someone and something happens in his personal life. Then he orders 10 chicken nuggets and gets nine and takes it off, takes it out on his show. <laughs> something happens. Yeah. But um, mm-hmm. but anyway, yeah, the scene is amazing and i think you probably agree homecoming right like this is crazy for well the most amazing amazing thing about this i will say is the fake band that saxophone (laughs) player who's not really playing the saxophone because first of all this is using all synth instruments so none of these instruments are being played in this song that saxophone player is having the time of his life (laughs) <laughs> he is like rocking out. He's like swaying his head. He's like dancing a little bit. He's who I was focused on because Stephanie's singing. <laughs> Stephanie's lip singing was, you know, I, I noticed her and I was like, okay, they're doing an artsy scene. So during scenes like this, I usually look in the background and that saxophone player mm-hmm. was just having the time of his life. I hope. Whatever he went on to do, I hope he did great. I hope he got to have more fake saxophones <laughs> and to dance with them in other shows because he found. I would his like niche. to introduce a new segment onto this podcast. Um, okay, which is given that we've had this enough time, or I'm going to predict we're going to have it more than once, or we won't, and it'll be just this one time. Morgan, I'd like to start <laughs> our uh, nightclub rating scale, uh, which is okay. Uh, rate this scene on a scale of one to the nightclub scene in Spider-Man three. Uh, please tell me how would you rate this nightclub scene? Uh, all right. Well, so I have seen Spider-Man three. Um, the goal is for you to not have seen the movies on the scale, but so here's what I'm going to say. I saw it once in theaters when it came out. You fool. Uh, so I don't remember anything about it. Now, the other fun fact about Spider-Man 3 is I have not seen Spider-Man 1 or 2. But you also, I thought um, you were going to say the, the, the fact was that you dressed like Spider-Man in it when you were a kid. <laughs> that you dressed like the, I emo, mean, the emo look. I'm with you, Morgan. <laughs> I, I have not seen either of them. I haven't seen any of the three uh, in the household I grew up. My dad hated Tobey Maguire so much I was banned from seeing Spider-Man. Ah, so, wow. So... <laughs> wow. Was it just like Yeah, no, I don't have anything nearly that dramatic. I just didn't see them and then my friend was like, "Hey, you want to go see a movie?" and I was like, "Yeah, sure." And he's like, "Ravio, really, see Spider-Man 3." Holy. I was like, "Do shit. I need to see the first two? And he was like, "I eh. saw it in theaters as well." Holy shit. What? Wow. Why do we all see well, except for Homecoming? Why do we all see <laughs> Spider-Man 3 in theaters? What about that movie? I think it was the fact that it was like yeah. Venom in it. And like all these villains and people are like this oh. is cool. 
Oh. I literally remember nothing well, about this that scene movie. In the Spider-Man 3 movie is he gets emo and uh Mm-hmm. Mary Jane is singing at a nightclub and he goes there with Gwen Stacy ah. and Spider-Man, sorry, Peter Parker, mm-hmm. whoops, uh, has like, starts like dancing and he takes over the whole nightclub in an effort to be like, yeah, fuck you. Like I was the best one in this relationship. And the jazz band is mm-hmm. like, oh my God, look at him move. And they start like, he's like dancing on chairs and shit. Punch her also? No, he doesn't punch her, but he does like dip her. No, I think he dips her and then lets her go or something like that. Okay. Oh, yeah, okay. Like that. It's it's a crazy. And then he goes scene. and cries on top of a church. <laughs> yes, he does. Uh, I love that movie because I think it's so bad it's good. Um, All right. But, well, I'll have to. I'll have to and re-watch. that movie is not pointless. Just like it's not completely pointless. This scene was not because Mitch realizes. I kind of want to fuck Stephanie, and therefore, yeah. What if? What if? I so I think this episode really shows us what Mitch's kink is. Um, you know, <laughs> oh. like you know, playing a character, right? And mm-hmm. that's not Stephanie's kink. So she says, "You know, the mustache no. doesn't look good on you." And he goes, "I thought it did." And she goes, "Well, it looked good on Trevor, but not Mitch." And this is like a real like. Hulk Hogan's the ten-inch penis, but Terry Bollea does not, brother. Moment, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Do you, do you know what I'm talking about? I I sent you a clip of sure. this, Morgan. So at a trial, <laughs> don't worry, it's not what you think. This isn't me sending porn to people. At Hulk Hogan's Gawker trial, he had to clarify. Hulk Hogan has a 10-inch penis, but I, the person Terry Bollea, do not. You see, because I am have a character, and my character has a 10-inch cock, but I only have a 5-inch cock, brother, uh, which I'm going to get so much mileage out of that when we get to Thunder in Paradise. Holy shit. I can't Holy shit. It's going to be so good. If you all have me, I need to see at least one episode of this. There's 22 episodes, so I mean, why the fuck not? Um, Yeah. Mitch, Mitch says that Trevor is him. Like, he is Trevor. And she says, well, no, because Trevor is suave and sophisticated, but that's not you. So mm-hmm. he asks, well, uh, do you like Trevor more? And, and she basically says yes by saying nothing. So she says, what mm-hmm. about Lily? And he says, Lily, Lily is kind of sexy. And she says, are you saying that I'm not? And then Mitch says, let's Spice up the bedroom, which is honestly some good advice to some sale couples. And you know what? Yeah. I'm glad that Baywatch is promoting this PSA here for how to spice <laughs> well, up your relationship. He tells her to put the wig back on. <laughs> to, he yeah. literally says, "Put the wig back on." <laughs> and uh, this is the this is the bit of the episode. So this is the bit of the episode where I'm sitting there and I'm like, clearly this is a part as somebody who's never seen Baywatch. I'm like, clearly this is a part of a bigger storyline that's been talked about before. Sort of. Imagine no, being no. a first time or for, I mean, uh, storyline is in these two characters have history, which I oh, knew sure, nothing sure. about. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, Oh, these two characters might either be dating or thinking about it, you know, typical stuff. But imagine being someone mm-hmm. it's 1997. You know, you're 
you, you work really hard at your your job. You're a car salesman, and you go home and you watch Matt Locke because everybody's watching Matt Locke. Is this a rock opera? What are we talking about? <laughs> no, you're watching Matt, Matt Locke, and you hear about Baywatch, and you turn it on, and this is the first episode you see. Well, that'd be weird. This was 92. But... <laughs> Wait, Matt Locke was in the 90s? What? Uh, Matt Locke uh... wasn't... No, I mean, I don't know. Because you said 97, and I'm like, oh boy, that's a very different. Oh, oh no, not 97. Okay, computer Radiohead. This is pre Radiohead. Radiohead. Is your timeline like BR before Radiohead and AR after Radiohead? Is that how you measure time? We're still in Radiohead. IR in Radiohead. <laughs> but yeah, this is not this is not a viewer friendly first episode. That's what I was trying to no. convey. This is not a yeah, first yeah. viewer friendly episode. This is like, what am I watching? What, what is going on? I'm so confused. <laughs> but yeah, after after this, we uh, we cut back to Garner and CJ, and Garner fucking hates being on a boat, <laughs> uh, and CJ's reading a book about multiple personalities. Actually, Wink. Let me Wink? Let's talk about Get this it? for a second, because sure. I did some research. Um, because CJ okay. is reading "The Three Faces of Eve" by Corbett Thigpen, a name I know Morgan loves, Ooh. Uh, Ooh, and and this other name we're gonna love, Hervie M. Cleckley, um, which sounds like a wow. fake name. Uh, and it's yeah. about Chris Costner Sizemore, also known as Eve White, as a pseudonym, who had trauma-induced dissociative identity identity disorder. Uh, and oh, they were okay. Corbett and Hervey were her psychiatrists who were treating her for free. This is true. Uh, they were treating her for free, but while still under their care, she signed without legal representation. It was later revealed, and using the name of her alternate personalities, she signed her rights to her life away to Fox. So she didn't tell them. Mm. Um, and then a movie was made in 1957 starring Joanne Woodward, which she won an Oscar and Golden Globe for uh, for Best Actress. And then oh, wow. uh, Chris Coster Sizemore would then later on to go write, write uh, like four books as follow ups. But the funny part is she ditched Corbett and, Her- and Hervey in 1970, got a new psychologist and said, oh, yeah, immediately I started seeing progress and I wasn't before. Uh, which I huh. think is kind of funny uh, because now she actually started paying someone and she was like, wow, I'm actually getting somewhere, um, which hmm. I feel like is a commentary on the American medical system. Uh, but Garner yeah. says that multiple personality stuff is spooky. And CJ says, I believe in that multiple personality <laughs> stuff. I believe all of us have them. And I'm like, no, CJ, this is about a medical issue, not your hippie shit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> calm, calm the fuck down. This isn't a time for you. <laughs> yeah, it felt kind of weird. I didn't love it. It, it, um, it really broke the, the pace because... <laughs> Because uh, after that, we get another, we get, you know, more right after that, we get them in bed again, right? Classic Baywatch mm-hmm. pacing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The yeah. pacing, it's like, why did you have that scene in the middle? Why didn't you just have complete scene? They, they pull this shit constantly. Yeah. Look, you need to have, um, you, you need to be like let down before you 
are turned on. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm forming a love-hate relationship with this show really fast. Welcome so to can't. our lives. <laughs> yeah. The only thing I can think is, like, are these commercial breaks? Like, because they don't, the timing of commercial breaks doesn't always get super well preserved when you're not watching it with commercials. Yeah. But it's still a weird as shit place to have a commercial break, so I don't fucking know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, we cut back to uh, Lily and Trevor in bed and flirting up a fucking storm. And uh, Stephanie, as Lily, is like, what, you're going to get distracted by a little kiss? And Mitch is like, no, no, it takes more than that. And I was like, oh, she's going to suck his dick now. Like, that's just that's Morgan, just where I we're feel like this now. may have like, been based on the horniness, <laughs> your favorite episode of Baywatch. Oh, yeah. No, I I liked this episode. Uh, spoilers for when we rated yeah. the end. I think this might have been uh, good um, because and that's horny. weird. I mean, it didn't hurt, yeah. if I'm being yeah, honest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. But they instead just make out a little because it was still the 90s and there's only so much you can show on anything but well, Skinamax. Yeah, well, yeah, um, like he's not going to like <laughs> like whip out his dick and be like, hey, let's go, let's go to town. Like, <laughs> which would um, be, hey, you never would know. be fucking wild. I'd be like, whoa, yeah. Baywatch took a turn. What? Yeah, it turns out Baywatch was uh, was pre-code. <laughs> Um, uh, but after this, uh, CJ and Garner see a water skier and CJ is like, hey, I also would like to participate in some of this horny energy. I would like to fuck that water skier. And Garner's like, yeah, OK, sure. <laughs> uh, and then the water skier falls in. And so they have to do Why a do rescue. Have to rescue him. He could just swim. He just like, oops, I fell. Uh, he, he, yeah. right? No, he said he needed medical attention so i think he like the speed that he fell off he hit his head on the water because as we all know like if you go a certain speed water feels like cement look and i so, know sonic yeah. the hedgehog i don't know <laughs> <laughs> okay. she, she can't be sonic she can't be she's too good at swimming <laughs> Ah, your, your argument yeah. she can't because not once when she was in there did I hear she had the water shield on right oh, the one boo. <laughs> oh boo but yeah so she she saves this guy and and so that's like kind of like fuck uh, what's the word foreshadowing the raising of the stakes because she's like, I, I got to take care of this guy. It's like, what about this? <laughs> he literally says, what about the sting operation? She's like, he needs my help. And then he goes up to this guy who was, you know, driving the, the person who got hurt. And he's like, I'm going to need your boat. <laughs> yeah. That was fucking wild. He doesn't even like be like, Hey, I'm the police. I need your boat. He's just like, fuck you. I need this boat now. The guy's like, yeah, all right, sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, after that, uh, we get to see uh, what's that? Mitch and Stephanie, they're making out again uh, when Garner shows up. But it turns out he's on the wrong. This boat. is my favorite um, scene in the whole episode. It was it was actually better than I was expecting. I laughed so um, hard at this 
when when the guy pops out of the closet and oh, with a glock like <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah hey what are you doing on my boat <laughs> <laughs> and then it diffuses it diffuses so quickly too. yeah because he's like, like hey i'm put now he says it he's like hey i'm police and the guy's like oh and then he's like where's lover's cove and he's like that's south of here and then you get like the synth music goes like Dana. <laughs> yeah it's amazing <laughs> that was my favorite so bit goofy. because I just love how the guy walks out of his cabin with the gun ready. Wait, what are you doing on my phone? <laughs> that, that got me. Yeah, I feel like this puts a serious hole in the theory that there are no pirates. Mm. Like, because this dude was clearly prepared for oh, pirates. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, But yeah, then once we realize that... uh. Then we have to cut back to Mitch and Stephanie, where there is someone on their boat, but it's the yacht dealer from earlier and his goons, uh, including Danny Trejo. Um, the, the synth, the synth they, repeats very quickly. They use it twice. Oh, back to back. Yeah. <laughs> they have one synth riff and boy, are they getting their money's worth out of it. Um, but yeah, uh, they tie up Mitch and Stephanie and they're like, hey, we're stealing all of your jewels and well, everything. And Mitch me, tries to be like, uh, me, oh, yeah, go let ahead. Let me interject here because. Sure. Let me do the lead in to another. Michael has done way too much research for this TV show segment. Um, Hell yeah. This character who I can't remember the name of, but it's Jay Peterman from Seinfeld, says that they will get about $90,000 for this boat in Mexico. And that barely covers his expenses. So he plans to make a mm-hmm. list of items Mitch has to get to bring back so he makes a profit. So first off, right. in if we do inflation, so uh, $90,000 in 1992 is 175500 in 2021 money. Now, mm. yachts apparently start around $200,000 for a 40-foot yacht. Determining factors are size, age, and brand of yacht. Now, a yacht sure. technically starts at 23 feet but a lot of not a lot of people are selling 23 foot yachts they mainly start at 40 now i decided to look for a yacht so uh, (laughs) i was first suggested the viking 42c which c stands for convertible Mm. uh, a 2014 model is a 42 foot long 16 foot wide yacht cruising speed of 28 to 30 knots as cushioned seats underwater lights tv custom chairs and a freezer Damn. the price is eight hundred ninety-five thousand dollars. so Holy a little too much shit. now let's say I, just a right, let's say i wanted a 70 foot yacht well i was suggested the <laughs> hatteras six uh, the hatteras gt70 convertible sport fish and it costs mm. 4.5 million dollars but you also have to pay oh. for a crew to man the ship in fact, there is specifically mm-hmm. a reminder in bold that says, reminder, you have to pay your crew, which, thanks. Uh, <laughs> now, let's say, they don't want to get sued when they, right. when they take them to court. They told, I didn't read anywhere that I had to pay them. <laughs> I trust everything on the internet. Now, let's say you wanted to purchase something for your money. Let's say you wanted to purchase something for the money that Jay Peterman would have gotten from selling Mitch's yacht in Mexico. Well, mm, what sure. is more affordable? 
Well, I discovered the Grand Banks 42 Classic. It is a 42-foot yacht, and the older it is, the cheaper it is. So I found an active listing for a 1973 Grand Banks 42 Classic trawler currently in Croatia at a price of $124,799 tax included. It uses diesel, and the hull is made of fiberglass. It was renewed in 2017 as electricity, upholstery, two cabins, a gas hooker, microwave, refrigerator. Not necessarily a trustworthy dealer, though. So I kept looking. (laughs) I also found another 1973 model for $49,000, but that seems a little bit cheap. Uh, But I did find a trustworthy dealer named Bill Schaffnett, Morgan, please redact this phone number I'm about to read out. (laughs) (laughs) Selling 1981 Grand Banks 42 Classic out of West Haverstraw, New York for $115,000. And I decided, why not? Let's just call Bill right now on the on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Excuse me. Uh, What? uh, This is what, uh, you know that it is after midnight uh, in New York, This right? is why I said uh, this is a stupid wait, idea that wait, you can wait, shoot wait. down on air. But it's the city that never sleeps. Let's test that theory now. <laughs> I could leave him a voicemail, he, but I he would should be my phone number. If he's a real New Yorker, <laughs> if he's a real New, New Yorker, it's clearly late night pizza hours. The night is still young. He owns a yacht. Yeah, but like, it's it's Long Island. Yeah, but he owns a yacht. Like, like come on, like this, it, he never sleeps. He's too rich to sleep. He's playing monkey ball banana mania like the rest of us right now. Yeah, he's got monkey ball banana mania on his Grand Banks forty two classic. I mean, come on, the PS five that he paid way too much money for. Like he paid like triple the asking price. Yeah, it's he, still, it was still worth it. <laughs> And it died like right away. So it sounds like that's Morgan doesn't the, want me that's to not call. The chip that's missing. That's a pack of barbecue sauce. <laughs> Who put that in there? It sounds like Morgan doesn't want me to call Bill Shaftnet. Uh, so I will not uh, because you know it's not <laughs> just my podcast; it is our podcast, and I don't want that's Morgan true. to uh, be annoyed when he finds out that Bill Shaftnet is actually just his mom. Who I'm continuing our feud with. Uh, Why are you fighting Morgan's mom? Oh, it's a long story. (laughs) So tell it. The story the story is that uh, Michael went on a tangent where he talked about um, how the sharks and the jets are the two famous gangs from Greece. That was a mistake. Um, And my mother now. Okay, the gloves are coming off. (laughs) My, (laughs) my, My mother texted me. To to tell me that I needed to correct Michael, uh, and then that's just continued where I am the messenger between the two of them. Yes. <laughs> well, so you know, I, mean, if, I know it's West Side Story. Okay, I know it, right? <laughs> so, like, look, I made the one mistake, and then Morgan's mom oh. has to come after me for everything that I have. <laughs> she does everything that I hold dear in my life because you associated two gangs from a piece of art that is groundbreaking and still being talked about even at the time of this recording being Mm -hmm. remade this year with a piece of Mm -hmm. trash starring John Travolta (laughs) where stranded at the driving branded a fool and he's running around the swing sets like an (laughs) idiot that's why you associated art with the with the (laughs) Oh, thank you. 
Yeah, so, you know what? You wouldn't be saying this if I owned a fucking yacht, okay? If I owned a yacht, you would be like, wow, Michael, you're the greatest. I never have anything bad to say about you on your yacht. I think you're still pretty great now. I think you're still pretty great without the yacht. But I will say... But with the yacht. I'll climb on board. I'll bring pizzas. I'll bring champagne. I'll climb on the yacht. But I'll still sit down for two to three hours and be like, okay, so here's my PowerPoint presentation on movie musical history. And it ends with saying that the greatest showman is a piece of flaming garbage. Let's go. (laughs) I wish it is, except for the one very, very gay number in the Others uh, died. Hugh Jackman and what's his Zac name? Zac Efron. The other side. Yes. yes. That song yes. is so, so good. That song belongs in a yes. way better movie. But, yes. <laughs> but I'm glad I did. Yeah, the rest yeah. of that movie is trash. Yeah, the music is good, but not the movie. As someone, by the way, yeah. uh, side point homecoming, which we should talk about this after we're done recording the episode. As someone oh, heck yeah. loves loves musicals but was not like raised on watching a bunch of musicals i need more suggestions so we will talk about some suggestions for things for me to watch but uh, and they can either be approved or shot down by morgan <laughs> i mean morgan you can go fuck yourself i don't care in fact you know what you're not invited as long as on my forty nine thousand dollar yacht that may or may not be a scam <laughs> But you're not invited on it. Well, first off, so we can go back to Baywatch. I'll I'll leave with these two points. I will mm-hmm. I will say I will never recommend anything from the classic era besides Hello Dolly and Music mm-hmm. Man. And second of all, if you're buying a yacht and you don't buy a captain's hat, like one of those typical captain's hats, you're not <laughs> buying a yacht, right? Right. Absolutely. I thought you were gonna say. Uh, which is skip every Andrew Lloyd Webber musical. Uh, <laughs> yes. Oh, correct. Oh, you mean oh, you mean the Phantom of the same four chords in every show yeah. he does? <laughs> oh, oh, you mean the man who forgot God. to write a plot? <laughs> yeah. The one Andrew Lloyd Webber musical I will defend to my dying is, day, it, and we've talked about it yes. on the podcast before, yes. uh, is his absolute most fucking bananas musical and one of the most bananas musicals of all time uh homecoming are you familiar with starlight express oh you mean the original show that caused a bunch of injuries before spider-man yep (laughs) oh yeah the roller skate (laughs) show with the train where it's like thomas the tank engine except everybody like has the hots for each other it is the I mean, if, yeah, if you were a train, and if you were a train, if both of you were trains, I don't know if I could <laughs> train my, my train for <laughs> Yeah. 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 Starlight <laughs> Express, and I'll say I'll defend Joseph. Joseph has good music in it. Yeah, Joseph's not bad. For for an Andrew Lloyd Webber, I think that I think is one of his actually better ones. Donnie Osmond, Donnie 
Donnie is one of the reasons yeah. why I love Joseph. He Donnie can be in any John Donnie's in an episode of Johnny Bravo, which yes, he we is. Get to the episode yes. still has one of the best quotes <laughs> now that I will say, which is the because Adam West, the late great Adam West, is the narrator, and he's like telling the Christmas mm-hmm. story to all these kids, and one of them comes up and he's like, "Mr. West, do you really dress up and fight crime? How old are you? Seven? Yes, I do, Timmy. Yes." I, do. <laughs> <laughs> I I will fight to my dying day that the best line in all of Johnny Bravo, which is one I still use, is uh, Johnny Bravo walks into the store, which is the Dollar Three store, and he puts some stuff down, and they and they go Dollar Three, Dollar Three, Dollar Three, price check, Dollar Three. It's a Dollar Three, and then uh, he goes, <laughs> pops. Why is there nobody here? He goes, oh, we can't keep in business. Not since they opened up that dollar two superstore down the street. <laughs> and it's just a giant store that just says a dollar two on it. And I That's fucking love that. Wonderful. Joke. That's good. But yeah. Uh, so back to Baywatch. Things are grim. Yeah. Things are grim. <laughs> but on our B storyline, uh, their friend just has recruited this guy to get him to Lover's Cove. <laughs> so yeah, that's, I was so confused yeah. by that. I'm like, so wait, did he like, did he off screen tell him like, oh, I'm a cop, believe me? Or did he be like, hey, like, I, I promise I'm, I'm not here to like kill you. Like, what did he do to convince him? I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think what happens is that he's a cop. He walked up and he's like, what about your plates? You renew those yet? You need anything, officer? <laughs> you need anything? Yeah, I need you to drive me to Lover's Cove. Okay, I can I can do that. We'll let the plates slide. <laughs> we'll let the yacht license plates slide. You, you, oh, thank goodness. I hate sitting at the yacht DMV. <laughs> but yes. I like, to, I like to think then the, the guy on the yacht then went to Garner and then said, where were you on January 6th? And then everyone shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Um, God. Uh, but yeah, after after that, we uh, we cut back to the boat with Mitch and Stephanie and Danny Trejo <clears throat> take Mitch back to land so he can empty out all his bank accounts. Um, yep. And then Stephanie tries to escape, but the guard comes back just in time and she asks for some of his water bottle, but he like shoves it in her mouth and squirts it. And it was uh, uh, they had some interesting, not great uh, tones no. there. I was um, so the uncomfortable. She, I, think, I, I was so uncomfortable. Sure. Yeah. I mean, this um, whole scene. The thing, the thing I'll say, though, honestly about it is, like, you mentioned that this episode is directed by a woman, and, like, this is not the first time we've seen sexual assault either implied or <laughs> slightly more explicit on the show. And I think this was probably the most... I don't want to say respectfully it was handled, but definitely the least male gazy that it's felt on this there was show. That season, I mean, the, the the one that we talk about most was the season one episode that we really enjoyed. That was about uh, like sexual assault. Enjoyed yeah. is the wrong word. Uh, uh, I enjoy yeah. sexual assault. <laughs> Hi, I'm Michael Eisen. Uh No, uh, that was the episode where we're like, wow, this was really well done as a story yeah. about sexual yeah, yeah. assault. Um, and I think that one was more like. God, it's a weird way to talk about this was like more meth- like methodical about it, where this was just like yeah. in your face, like, 
I'm just gonna fucking slap you, and then she's just gonna slap someone oh, back. Oh yeah, oh yeah. He he slaps her. He spits on her. It's like uh, the <laughs> most. Un- it's so uncomfortable. It's it's yeah. it's oh, super yeah. uncomfortable. Which means the synth music is really out of place here, because the synth <laughs> music is just yeah. synthing hard. It's like like it's it, the synth music is something hard and yeah when i watched a scene i i knew exactly where it was going we've seen it in every show the guy's like I'll, oh yeah the guy's like i'll help you feel comfortable and i was like oh oh my gosh and i knew she was gonna get slapped or something like that i knew because it's it's uh mm-hmm. syndicated television they can only go so far oh yeah oh, but yeah. they they definitely yeah. implied it and i think um yeah, Stephanie's acting in this scene was very good. It was very realistic. It was very like genuine. Yeah. I, her acting was like perfect. She she did the scene like really well. And then so I uh, after that I think is where cut to is it Hoff back on the boat or is it her uh is it her big scene? It's her big. Uh, no, this is where. No, no, no. First, we get the brief scene where uh, Danny Trejo makes fun of Mitch for being scared of water. Oh, yeah. And he's like, what are you even supposed to be if you own a boat and you're scared of water? <laughs> uh, and then it just cut. Then the scene's over. And then we get Stephanie's like big uh, scene. Yeah. Yeah. So we get uh, Danny Trejo being great. We get Danny Trejo mm-hmm. being being great. American treasure, Danny Trejo. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's, he's just he's very committed to this role um, mm-hmm. as random good. Excuse me, two. his name is Chulo. Um, <laughs> yes, Chulo. Uh, um, because the show is like racist. Uh, anyways, because mm-hmm. uh, they're like, I don't know what to um, people. Let's call him Chulo. Oh, anyways. Yeah, as a as a fellow Hispanic, as as someone who is half Hispanic, half white, I I do have to admit I definitely rolled my eyes at that one because yeah. there there are other yeah. you could have called him Marco and Marco would have been fine, and then you could have called him Dan later where he falls in the water and they go Marco and he goes Polo and then they both look at the camera. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> This is why you are a writer and not me, because that is galaxy brain genius. Yeah, that would have been fucking great. Thank you. Um, You're welcome. But yeah, at this point, uh, Stephanie manages to escape. So the goons go after her and they're about to shoot her. But uh, the mob boss is like, wait, we need her alive. So they go after her in a boat and manage to catch her in a net for two minutes. This drags. Yeah, you get oh you get the net throwing, not once, not yeah. twice, but thrice. The intense net throwing, rope pulling <laughs> action with the synth going. I want I want the Stephanie Holden with net action figure. Where it's just like you can you can you can raise your hands up and then you can drop the net down and it just goes ah and like that's it that's all the action figure does yeah. ah yeah oh my gosh I I was laughing 
so hard at this bit just because of because it's the same shot of him throwing the net. They they just oh, yeah. used it three mm-hmm. times because they thought it was so good. <laughs> it's like we gotta fill an hour. What do we do? Throw the net again. Morgan, I know this. Is, <laughs> I know this is non-traditional, so you'll have to forgive me. Sure, I am probably am breaking a Baywatch rookie school podcast. The the sacred code of the podcast. Yeah, podcast for two men. Because uh, we hadn't done that joke yet. Baywatch um, before. Uh, <laughs> uh, this is you know breaking a rule of the podcast, so you'll have to forgive me for this. Sure, but um, this this net throwing scene. Um, on a scale mm-hmm. of one to the bar fight scene in Saw at the Hedgehog, um, oh. where would you rate this? <laughs> now, as we all know, the Beef Boys who listen to this podcast, all of our fight scenes are rated mm-hmm. on a scale of one to the Saw at the Hedgehog bar fight scene. Um, but this net throwing scene, I feel like, is the closest we have to a fight. And it's pretty, pretty action filled. So where would you rate it, Morgan, as someone who has not seen the Saw at the Hedgehog movie? Uh, I mean, it was kind of really fucking boring, and I knew exactly what was going to happen. What? There was so much uh, and suspense. They, Will she get netted? Will she not yeah. get netted? That's well, it. and the other big thing is, like, even if she hadn't gotten netted, she's in the middle of the fucking ocean. Where is she going to swim to? More ocean. Um, Bermuda Triangle. That's the wrong coast. Yeah, I knew she I knew she was going to get caught. I knew there was going to be some, like, because yeah. this show is as predictable as a pop-up book. Like. What? What? Yeah. <clears throat> um. But yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna give this like a two. I don't think on a there was there wasn't a single thrown glass. There wasn't a single Sonic. like broken pool cue anywhere. Sonic. It just Sam Anderson. There was, was no Sonic. Sam Anderson anywhere. was not in the scene, so there's no Sonic. <laughs> you know that Sonic movie. You know, we didn't get a lot of movies. That movie deserved an Oscar. I like how you just said we didn't get a lot of movies. So it's just like in history, we have not gone a lot of movies. We have gone in some. In 2020, we didn't get a lot of movies. We got Birds of Prey and we got Sonic. And that's about it. I think Sonic was probably better than Birds of Prey. No. Birds of Prey is the best movie. Birds of Prey, I will argue back and forth is one of the few good DC movies. Birds of Prey had actual yeah, I actually, effort put into it. I actually agree. It had actual effort put into it, and Margot Robbie can play Harley Quinn as long as she wants to. She literally mm-hmm. is if somebody brought the comic book Harley Quinn to life. Didn't we get Cats in 2020 as well? Nope. No, that was twenty nine. Christmas time. That was our big Christmas time musical movie. Damn, it's been yep. the last few years have been a blur. With uh. Idris Elba <laughs> with Idris Elba as McCavity in the best role ever. I just rewatched uh, it recently with some friends. Uh and uh they were very much confused uh by a lot of the choices. Um Yeah. 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 They're just like so is Taylor Swift supposed to be here? And I was like, no, no. Okay. Uh, well, why does why does the Taylor Swift cat? Why does she do anything? I don't know. Okay. Why is mm-hmm. why is that cat dancing on train tracks? Because oh, no. okay. Oh no no no. Why the did... worst bit in that movie is the cockroaches. That you oh, can explain to no one. Bit. That's the best. <laughs> no. Uh, so I mean, the cockroaches is bad fucking unzipping a human cat 
that skin suit. Oh, it's the best. Oh. What are you talking about? No. Oh, no. I, I'm no. joking because the best scene is actually the dancing on the railway. Uh, railway. That is the actual best scene of that movie. Uh, but that is the worst scene of that movie. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, let's see. Where uh, Where were we? Best scenes. Stephanie's one woman show. Oh, yeah. Um, this is right. So they catch her in the net, but then, um, then we get Mitch, uh, on the boat with Danny Trejo and the other goon. Uh, and he's like, Hey, there's a shark coming towards the boat. And Danny Trejo's like, what? You're scared of sharks. Uh, and then Mitch uses this to distract Danny Trejo and pushes him over the edge and shoots the uh, boat. And then everyone gets back. Yeah. He shoots the boat and everyone gets back on the boat and Mitch tries to escape. Um, by swimming away. Uh, and then Steph- we see that Stephanie is tied up in the hull of the boat. And Garner and CJ are heading towards the boat where Stephanie is. And then the boss is getting real fed up with how long it's taking Mitch. Which, if they hadn't even made it to shore yet, how the fuck is he expecting this timeline to work? Because Mitch still at this point theoretically needs to go to a bunch of banks take out a bunch of withdrawals, open safety deposit boxes, like... Well, no, I think it was just, like, he's um, supposed to return to the boat so that they wait. Right, but why, like, I don't understand how they would have returned to the boat already, unless they're just going to let Mitch go off without any guards, which feels pretty fucking stupid. Yes. Um, But, uh, so he tells his goons, just dump Stephanie over the edge, um, and then Mitch makes it back onto the boat just as they're starting to enact this plan, and he is still handcuffed, but manages to beat up a bunch of goons. And this was actually, by Baywatch standards, not a terrible action sequence. I should have done that as the um, Sonic thing. Dang. <laughs> <laughs> you cashed in um, too early. I know, right? Yeah. Um, but Mitch and the goon leader, or the boss, uh, fight briefly on top of the yacht until Mitch knocks the gun out of his hand, out of the other guy's hand, and it falls on the deck. So then they both run down to the deck to go for the gun, and the goon is uh, attached like a weight to Stephanie's handcuffs, and he's going to drop her over the edge if Mitch doesn't drop the gun. So then Mitch points the gun at the boss and... Then Stephanie uses this as a distraction to, like, swing her arms up that are handcuffed with a big, like, weight in between them and knock the goon out. And that's a fucking dope. That was badass. I just want to give fucking mad props for that. That was badass. Um, Yeah. Um, And then the boss realizes it's all over. So Mitch and Stephanie flirt some more. Um, And then we get into our final scene, which is that Mitch and uh, Stephanie meet at a bridge in a fancy looking arboretum and they make fun of Garner for being seasick and Stephanie apologizes and Mitch flirts a bunch. Uh, And then they realize they still kind of care about each other and wonder what would have happened if they had gotten to stay as Trevor and Lily. And Mitch is like, maybe I'll keep my mustache. Stephanie's like, I do love to kiss a man with a mustache. And then the episode is over. Yep. Yay. Yep. So, Yay. Uh, on a, before we get into our rating scale, I'd like to talk to you about mm-hmm. what, it, what the folks on IMDb are talking about, which is that there were five user reviews of this episode, and three mm-hmm. of them gave it one star. 
Well, <gasps> one gave it five and another wow. one gave it a nine. Uh, now, of course, we have our ongoing drama between Sandcrab 722 and Sandcrab 277, uh, which mm-hmm. still shocks me to this day that they both exist. Uh, now, Sandcrab 277 gives it one star and says, The writers are grasping at straws for new ideas and made this one up. The pirates of the marina wear an eye patch and, and, and a do rag really demonstrate how far out of line this truly is. Don't expect much if you decide to watch it. Now, Sandcrab722 disagrees and gives it five stars and says this. <laughs> now, see if you can parse at all what they are trying to say here. Norm action ep Great Stooms de Zoo. Fuzzy plot. Fluff, fluffy explanations. My old history prof need me to make out with my ex on a big-ass powerboat. Woo-hee. <laughs> Extra points for sushi. Okay. The review. I can I, translate. Oh. As, as the resident memester, first okay, we'll do okay. a preliminary dab, dab. Okay, now to translate, oh. <laughs> now to translate. So, okay, here, why I first, first, why I give you the review here so that you you actually you know have this so you so you can translate this. Okay, okay, this is like reading hieroglyphs right here. <laughs> this is like okay, okay. So, you know, so they so they weren't no. a big fan of that action. They thought this was <laughs> run of the mill for Baywatch. They were like, "Eh, I've seen this before." And before, which norm action? Is that what Dooms to Zoo means a great episode. I don't know what the so fuck they, that loved, means. they loved the quiet moments. They loved the moments on the sure. bed or the moments where they're talking about multiple personalities or stuff. They're like, eh. or the other moments on the bed or the, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So they like that. Stooms to zoo. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> fuzzy plot. It makes you feel all warm and fuzzy inside when, sure. when, when they're flirting with each other and they, you know, maybe this person really, really thought that uh, the Lily and Trevor storyline, they, they thought that was really believable. So that, okay, fluffy explanations. Fluffy explanations. <laughs> you know, they have really fun yeah, explanations. That, that's <laughs> so, so there's that. My old, um, this part I get the old history plot because because the the guy that, who, that's the plot summary for those yeah, of yeah. us who are too busy to sit down and watch every episode of Baywatch, which shows that this podcast, you two are heroes. Yes, you two are yeah. certified <laughs> heroes. Woo he. You know what they thought? (laughs) That that was some exciting, you know, action. Or no, not, no, the action was norm. So, oh, that was some great character development. Extra points for Sushi. I agree. Sushi was the best part of this episode. The fact that the episode didn't end with, uh, you know, the, the guys holding him at gunpoint, you know. And Sushi jumps up and bites the guy holding the gun on the neck. And they're like, Sushi! And then the dog goes, and then he, like, gives a thumbs up. And they're like, no way! (laughs) Like, I think they also should have done, like, fade to black and then white text that just says, 
Like, here is the rest of the life of Sushi. Like, Sushi had a great life. Sushi, like, fathered, like, six pups or something. Like, I think that would be amazing. <laughs> sushi, like, uh... Or Sushi could have ended up being, like, the dog from Futurama. We'll never know. Maybe. But yeah. you know what we do need to find God, out? I'm so mad at myself for going there. Now I'm thinking about the dog <laughs> from Futurama. <laughs> <laughs> I'll so, for you. Now it's time... <laughs> For our ratings. And of course, mm-hmm. we have our rating scale, which is a one is discovering love is dead and ten is discovering, like we saw in our pilot episode, or pilot, pilot episode, season premiere episode, uh, that discovering mm-hmm. that you have a gold prospecting 49er uncle who left you a gold boot in his will. Homecoming, on a scale of one to ten, how would you rate this episode? And what would you say that number, what experience would you say that number is like? Okay. I'm going to give this a. This is the deepest question I've been asked for ever. Bit, <laughs> bit. So I'm going to give this a four. I'm going to give this a four. Oh wow! And okay. a. Uh, I'm going to give this a four and reason why is that this episode had promise diverged from the really good storyline too often. You know, they have two people helping them in their sting operation that uh, that literally leads to nothing. Literally leads to nothing. Their two friends do not help them out in the slice. They don't come to the rescue. They don't, you know, run into the boat with Danny Trejo and the other pirates and like get into a fist fight or anything. They don't do any of that. So that goes nowhere. Romantic implications are great, but then you get scenes like the dream sequence that makes me wonder what what is life. <laughs> but there was some great mo- and the synth music also gets, you know, minus points for being too synthy. Um <laughs> Zero out of ten, too much synth. But <laughs> but <laughs> I give it a four because this is a great thing to sit around with with friends, make fun of, laugh at, and have fun with. So yeah, it, it by it's so bad it's good standards. It's pretty so bad it's good. So yeah, I give it a four. And the experience is like getting a scratch off ticket. And thinking that you won $100 until you forget that they don't put the little dot on there and you find out that you only win $1, but that's still one more dollar than you had before. That's kind of sweet. Actually, All right. I feel like that's better than a four. When you say put it like that, it's very sweet, you know, and like comforting. <laughs> yeah. Morgan. Uh, oh, yeah, sure. I, uh, yeah. I think uh, I'm actually going to give this one a fairly high rating. These last few episodes of season three have been uh, good, at least by Baywatch standards. Um, And it's weird. I don't know how to feel about it. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean, I think I think this one was fun. It was doing something different that we haven't seen in a couple places. Um, I I enjoyed the weird costume stuff with... uh, Mitch and Stephanie, the weird fucking black and white club scene was just a cool artsy thing. Um, and the the goons and the yacht like broker actually felt 
relatively threatening by Baywatch standards. So I think I'm going to give this one an eight. Um, and I am going to say that an eight is the experience of um, getting together with someone um, in part initially because you really like their mustache uh, and, you know, you you go and you hang out and you have a couple dates and it's great. And then they reveal to you that it's a fake mustache and they take it off. And it turns out that actually, you know what, they're still uh, David Hasselhoff. So they're still really fucking hot. And you're not that mad about <laughs> it. Um, Michael, how about you? I'm also going to rate it high because I feel like it was better than what we've come to expect with Baywatch. I mean, like, especially yeah. after season two, which was just such a, a massive letdown. Such a slog. Yeah, it was. Uh, season two is just a low point for me. Um, but yeah, other than, you know, maybe like one episode this season, the season has been a lot better and it's been a lot more fun, which is the key of like season one was fun. Uh, and this mm-hmm. season two was not. Um, is it that bad? Yes. It's so it's so oh, bad and so racist and offensive. Oh, no. Yeah. There's like one. Oh, it is. There's a high high of like one episode that's like insanely (laughs) good and everything else is just like middling or like we rated a few episodes a zero out of ten and our scale is Mm -hmm. one to ten and we rated them zeros. Uh, Yeah, just like they they open the season with a two part white savior narrative where a white woman has to go to the hood to go save all the poor black children. Yeah. Uh, on this podcast, right? What? Oh, oh yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You think that's bad? Oh, my God. There's a two-parter where one of the male lifeguards gets accused of, of statutory rape, and then they find out that the, mm-hmm. the underage girl made it up. And she has to apologize yeah. to him. That's a two-parter. Yep. There's also mm-hmm. uh, an episode. I, I can't remember if it's a two-parter. No, it's a one-parter uh, where uh, a lifeguard falls in love, sort of, with this, like, woman over the phone who then turns out to be, like, a plus-size woman. And then it's like, but look, she's cool, too. Don't judge her just because of her weight. And then she tries to, like, drown herself because he will never love yeah. her. Who wrote that the fucking CEO of Amber Crombie and Fitch? <laughs> no. Oh, my uh, God. Yeah, season two was rough. I give season two... I give season two a... Uh, from what you told me, I give season... <laughs> I give season two... A um, a fake David Hasselhoff mustache out of ten. You're attached to him, <laughs> but you're fake as shit, and I hate you. <laughs> um, yes, but I um. So yeah, so I, I I'm gonna give this episode I think like a seven. I think that's I think that's a fair. Uh, I, I think that's a fair rating, you know. I, I think that's that describes how I feel watching this. I feel like that's fun. It's not like necessarily great, um, but it mm-hmm. is. You know, it's. I don't know if I'd watch it again. I watched it twice, uh, but I don't know if I'd watch it a third time. You know what I mean? 
So that's after that's, what you told me, I'm upping mine to a seven. I did not. Oh. Know, I did not know that this show could sink to the depths of hell itself. So therefore, I give it mm-hmm. a seven. And my experience is, you ordered a ten-piece chicken nugget, and you got an eleventh nugget. Mmm, <laughs> hell yeah! Uh, my experience of a seven uh, is, uh, you know, about the Theranos trial. No, not really. So unimportant about. I mean, it was a drug company, uh, basically, and there's a trial about like the ethics. Um, but what's really funny right. about it is that they've had to re- read out loud tweets between the CEO uh, and one of the other employees. So Elizabeth Holmes and Sonny Belwani and their tweets mm-hmm. were fucking hilarious uh, because she was clearly into him. And I don't think he was. And I'd like to read to you a few of these tweets because the seven is the laughs that they make me feel. Okay. So first, mm-hmm. Elizabeth Holmes texts Sonny Balwani and says, You are the breeze in desert for me, my water and ocean, meant to be only together, tiger. And Sonny Balwani responds, Okay. The next text huh. is Elizabeth Holmes oh, says, God. I am madly in love with you and your strength. And Sonny Balwani responds, I am tired today. The next one is Elizabeth Holmes says, we're thinking about you this morning. And Sonny Balwani says, we need to stay focused and vigilant. We are lazy and disorganized. Holy shit. (laughs) Um, And all of these tweets make me laugh a lot. Um, And so that's what I would say the experience of a seven is. Now, our next episode is an interesting episode because our next episode is season three, episode 10 called Lifeguards Can't Jump. And in fact, what the recording of that episode will be our one year anniversary of our podcast. Uh, oh, wow. Wow. Oh, wow. Wow. Uh, but, wow. Wow. Um, but as always, <laughs> let's do first the Baywatch Wiki description and the IMDb description. The Baywatch Wiki says mm-hmm. Mitch and Stephanie discover a dead man on some rocks, which leads to an investigation with Garner involving a street basketball game. Oh, no. Meanwhile, CJ meets a couple on their honeymoon named Dennis and Arlene. Unfortunately, Dennis falls in love with CJ and ends up deceiving both her and his wife. Now, the INDB description says, Mitch and Garner go undercover as street basketball players to solve a player's mysterious death from a drug overdose, whom Garner once knew from the beaches of Venice, as well as the local hustler, Ozzy, who may know a clue to the player's death. Meanwhile... Dennis is an, unhap- is an unhappily married man on his honeymoon with his overbearing, klutzy, nagging wife. Until his happiness returns, and he meets and develops a crush on CJ, whom he asks out to lunch behind his wife's back. Um, that doesn't sound necessarily like a 7 out of 10 plot, but who knows? Uh, <laughs> we'll see what happens. That's what's, that's what's up next. That's the... Yes. Yeah. Oofy. Well... <laughs> Sounds like maybe season three is about to take a dip in quality, <laughs> but we'll oh, see. No. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Homecoming, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and subjecting yourself to this. Thank you for having me. I would uh, gladly do this again. This is the most fun I've had. You will be brought back. Do not worry. <laughs> oh, <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, unless you don't want to. I mean, like we're not like like you have to come back. I mean, you know, once, you, once you're on the podcast, the curse sets in, and you can never escape. Oh no, I that's our I, curse. I, I'll <laughs> gladly be back before the other one that I call dibs already, which is the one before this. Oh no, no, I called. Uh, <laughs> When we met, I called the uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson Zach Efron Baywatch movie. Ah, uh, mm. the one that's way, 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 way in the future. Maybe. Oh yeah. Maybe. Who knows? Who knows? They might reboot re- Baywatch before then. <laughs> I mean, all the characters you need to know for that movie. Or as of this season, so I don't know. But yeah, but yes. Thank you very much for having me. This has been plenty of fun. This has been You're great. Welcome. Would you like to yeah. promote anything or everything? Uh, yeah. Okay, so I have a podcast that you can find me on at Broadway Besties at YouTube. Uh, it's all one word, Broadway Besties, and that is where me. And my really good friend, Kat, one of my best friends, Kat, talk about theater. We have an episode coming up where we talk about one of the most underrated musicals out there, which is Legally Blonde. Um, we we talk about Le- right. Legally Blonde, the musical. Then you can find me, if you want to see it, written at AccessibleArts at Blogspot.com. That's a theater-based blog. And... If you like video games, you can find me at Late Night Sprites, where most podcasts can be found, where I do bite-sized episodes where I talk about all sorts of like video game topics, and Late Night Sprites at blogspot.com. They're, they're partnered together, and it's a ton of fun. I do a theme every month for the blog. That's how I keep it interesting, and October's theme is wholesome video game month where i talk about like stardew valley and animal crossing and stuff that isn't scary and so yeah but thank Devil you Devil me cry you know oh cool no you're automata no <laughs> no I, silent hill no <laughs> no silent hills <laughs> No, no, I I talk about ooblets, which is a game where you. Oh, I love ooblets. Oh, ooblets is amazing. Blitz is fantastic. Blitz needs to come to consoles besides Xbox. Yes, that's where you can find me. Awesome. Well, yeah, thank you. Thank you again for being on. And uh, I guess all that's left to say is uh, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Baywatch Rookie School. If you want to find us on Twitter, our show handle is at Rookie School Pod. I'm at Morgan P. Thrapp. I am at Snotsnit, S-N-O-T, S-N-I-T. And I'm the homecoming hero. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll see you next week. And just remember, hips, lips, and fingertips. The way you said it this time was very concerning. It's almost, yeah, I didn't like it. Try that again. Try that again. Try that again. And just remember, oh. hips, lips. And finger. I think it's so close to the mic for that. Oh my god! <laughs> Listen, sometimes you got to do what you got to do, like buy a yacht. <laughs> exactly.